You're listening to Unveiling the Magic Podcast, where newcomers and seasoned Potterheads are all welcome. Hello, and welcome back to Unveiling the Magic. My name is Laura. I'm Joni. And I'm Priscilla. And in this episode, we'll meet and say good riddance to our first dragon of the series, we also land in, de- in detention, but it's with Hagrid, but it's in the scary Forbidden Forest. We're talking about chapters 14 and 15 of Sorcerer's Stone. Ooh. Yay. Ooh, gonna be exciting. fun. How are we doing today? We're good. Are we, Laura? Pretty good. Now that... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just laughed in the mic. But... After the technical difficulties and the fact that I wanted to cry and chuck the laptop, I'm okay. Yeah, Laura was having some issues before <laughs> before the I was going to say before the stream. <laughs> before <laughs> before we uh started recording, it was uh yeah, that's why I had to ask her if she was okay, you know. Yeah. And now I can't see you guys. Okay, there we go. Laura is having to improvise. That's what she's doing right now. So we're doing this. That's how committed we are. I have three screens in front of me. Three? Yeah. So I use a tablet to read the notes so that they're like closer to my face and the microphone. And (laughs) my computer has audacity. And then now my phone has discord. Okay. Whatever works. It's working. It's working. But yeah, I'm good. I uh, don't have much going on. (laughs) (laughs) i'm like thinking i'm like what oh yeah we you know as you guys know most of you should know probably that uh, my husband and i stream together and uh we have um celebrated a really introduced your stream oh yes we're mile i'm gonna cut you off mile high streams on facebook gaming not twitch i know uh, people ask us a lot if we stream on twitch but it's on facebook gaming and we're mile high streams and we just celebrated uh three thousand followers and a hundred supporters which is basically like uh subscribers which is really nice yeah so we did that today it was fun but i was telling them both joni and laura that we had some technical difficulties so i completely understand laura's frustration tonight (laughs) so but yeah that's me and oh we're still waiting on the house updates i don't know i don't even know if i've talked about that on the podcast but my husband and i are looking for or looking to buy a house we found a place but we're kind of in the limbo area of waiting for them to call us back so still on that waiting hopefully i can update you guys sooner rather than later that we're headed in the right direction yes but yeah i can't wait to come over (sighs) trust me i can't wait either to your first house. I know. I'm excited. Oh. Anxious. How are you, Joni? What about you, baloney head? Uh, <laughs> uh, very much in toddler land to the point where we're very much fast approaching uh, Roxas transitioning to an actual toddler bed. Like he is oh, yeah. so close oh. to climbing out of his crib and I'm not ready. I am not ready to hear the banging of his closet doors because he knows how to work those now, like all night long, because that's all really? he wants to do. Oh yeah. my gosh, he's we gonna play- have a big boy mad. I know. Oh my gosh, but that's crazy. We're not there yet. He can just get on the railing of his crib, but he doesn't have the guts to go over. Oh okay, not yet. Joni sent me a video, and I saw his like, oh, don't want to do that. Yeah. And he went back into the crib. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's high. 
But yeah, that's literally mm-hmm. all I've been doing. Oh, I bought a carpet shampooer thing. <laughs> nice. Yay, adulting. <laughs> Woo. Adulting for sure. The domestic life of me right now. <laughs> carpet shampoo. Yes. Like, COVID needs to end so I can leave this house for longer than an hour. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's been crazy. Yeah, but that's been me. Toddler domestic life bliss. Well, besides technical difficulties, I got a speeding ticket Saturday. So. Oh, yeah. <gasps> no, <laughs> you did? Yes. You got a speeding ticket? Yes. It's the first speeding ticket since high school. Oh, I <laughs> I know. I don't see you getting a speeding <laughs> ticket. That's crazy. What were you doing? Speeding, I obviously, I guess. Speeding on on a highway. One of those highways that goes 55, then it goes down to 45, then it goes back to 55. But I closer to my house, the highway is like 60. So I was going 73 um, in a 55. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's, that's almost 20. They got me. But I was going with the traffic. I was just the sacrificial lamb. Lamb. <laughs> the end of February sneaks up on everybody. They gotta. Yes, it was literally. It was the twenty seventh. Was Saturday the twenty seventh or twenty sixth? It was the end of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. I'm sorry. That, that's me. Nothing but work and speeding now tickets. <laughs> Yeah, I've been working a lot too. I've been flying a lot and I actually just got back last night from a trip and uh, I was telling Phil that like, you know how they say like one drink in the sky is equal to two on the ground just because of, you know, you're in the air. So the altitude. Yeah, the altitude. Yeah. But like for me, I say like one hour of work in the air is like equal to two (laughs) hours here because my body is just so exhausted after I'm done with a three day work trip and yeah. Today I was like I slept like last night I slept like eleven hours. Oh it was nice, so but it. I yeah, but I was like, oh gosh, this today I was still like just like dragging. Um, but all right, let's let's talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> Where did we leave off, Joni? Oh, uh, we last left off <laughs> with Snape being extremely sus, pressuring Quirrell mm-hmm. to give him info on the protection around the Sorcerer's or Philosopher's Stone <laughs> in the Forbidden Forest. Dun, dun, dun. So we all thought here Snape was the bad guy, not just Priscilla, okay? Every reader thought yeah, that. Yeah, everyone did. I'd like to say <laughs> I didn't, it. but I had already watched the movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't well, deny every it. reader that had not already spoiled it for themselves. So I've got chapter. Wait, what chapter is this? Chapter fourteen, guys. Wow, chapter Buckle fourteen. Up. <laughs> it's a big one. You're gonna listen. You have a lot of Laura to listen to. Okay. So the trio is kind of worried about Quirrell giving into Snape, but as the weeks pass, it didn't seem like Snape uh, Snape's threat broke him yet. The trio periodically checked to hear if Fluffy was still growling in the third floor corridor, and so far, so good. Harry started giving Quirrell an encouraging smile whenever he passed him, and Ron was telling other students to stop making fun of Quirrell's stutter. Hermione, though, was now focusing on studying for exams, which were only 10 weeks away. I didn't start studying for exams till like, the week of. I know. 10 weeks i'm not even thinking about him i'm with harry and ron you still have to like learn stuff at that time how are you i know learning and then also studying like stuff from the beginning of the semester 
That's true. That's a good point. Hermione says, that's like a second to Nicholas Flamel. Easter holiday wasn't as fun as Christmas, as they were spending most of their free time studying. The weather was warming up, and being cooped up in the library was a real downer for the boys. But one day, while in the library, the trio spots Hagrid and asks what he's up to. Hagrid acted shifty and said, Just looking, what are you lot up to? You're not still looking for Nicholas Flamel, are you? Ron told Hagrid they figured that out ages ago. And they even know what the dog was guarding. You know, the sorcerer's st- Shh! Hagrid shushes him. Don't go shouting about it. Harry chimes in and asks, Well, what else is, the, is guarding the stone apart from Fluffy? Shh! Now Hagrid is getting anxious. Listen, come and see me later. I'm not promising I'll tell you anything, mind, but don't go rabbiting about it here. Students aren't supposed to know. Hagrid leaves and Hermione notices that he was hiding something behind his back. Ron goes to look at what section Hagrid was perusing and came back with a pile of books. Dragons, Ron whispered. Looks like Hagrid was looking up stuff about them. Harry remembers that Hagrid had always wanted a dragon. Ron informs Harry that it is against their laws and, quote, dragon breeding was outlawed, outlawed by the Warlocks Convention in 1709, it's hard to stop muggles from noticing us if we kept if we're keeping dragons in our in the back garden. Anyways, you can't tame dragons, it's dangerous. You should see the burns Charlie got off wild ones in Romania. Harry learns about the dragons in Britain and finds out there's different kinds of dragons like the common Welsh green, and I don't know how to say this one, Herbridian, maybe? Blacks. Sounds right. <laughs> Sounds good enough for me. <laughs> the Ministry has to keep them hidden and put spells on muggles who've seen them so that they forget. But what is Hagrid up to? When they get to Hagrid's hut, it's blazing hot and the curtains are drawn. Hagrid makes tea and offers them stout, 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 right? Stout. What is that with being with an with a U? Wait. Yeah, and offers them stout sandwiches. Let us know. British listeners. <laughs> Harry asks Hagrid again, what is guarding the stone besides Fluffy? Harry couldn't tell them, though. For one, he didn't know himself, and if he did, he shouldn't be telling them anyways. Hermione tries smoozing Hagrid with a compliment. We wondered who Dumbledore had trusted enough to help him apart from you. Hagrid gives in and says that a few teachers did enchantments like Professor Sprout, Flitwick, McGonagall, Quirrell, Dumble, <laughs> Dumbledore, and Snape. Dumble. <laughs> Dumble. Little Dumble. That's it. He's a lot to type. I know, but I typed it, but I just didn't want to say it, uh -oh. apparently. So Hermione sweet-talked him, basically, into giving yes. them more information. Wow. She, like, complimented him, you know? Like, Dumbledore trusted you. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Joni, I understand why you don't, like... Jim Dale's voice for Hermione. Yeah. Because, like, finally I get to the part where she actually talks a lot, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know where what he's trying to go for there. I think it's just he's just trying to sound like a little girl. But he doesn't at I, all. Yeah. <laughs> the trio are shocked. Snape and Hagrid tells them Snape isn't trying to steal the stone. He's trying to protect it, but the trio doesn't buy it. Looks like Snape just needed to know Quirrell's protection and how to get past Fluffy. So Harry asks Hagrid, 
You wouldn't tell anyone, would you? Not even the teachers? Haggard says not a soul knows besides himself and Dumbledore. Harry is relieved and then asks to open a window. It was boiling in Haggard's hut. Haggard says he kinda can't. And Harry looks at Haggard's fire and underneath the kettle is a huge black egg. Oh boy. He like instantly knew what it was, even though he's never seen one before, at least in person. Ron also knew exactly what it was. And Ron asks, where did you get it? It must cost a fortune. And Haggard explains that he wanted off a stranger playing cards. Hermione's like, well, what are you going to do with it? Haggard says that he's been doing some reading, so he knows how to take care of it before it hatches and what to feed it after. And he's going to be feeding it a bucket of brandy mixed with chicken blood every half hour. Sounds delicious. Sounds lovely. (laughs) Turns out Hagrid had a Norwegian Ridgeback and that they are pretty rare. But Hermione isn't too pleased. This is just another friend breaking rules, having to worry about him. And then she goes, Hagrid, you live in a wooden house. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) It is. So later one morning, it was probably like a week or two. (laughs) I'm being very detailed. Hedwig delivers a letter from Hagrid, and all it says is, it's hatching. Ron wanted to skip class to go right then, but Hermione wouldn't budge. Unfortunately, the two ended up bickering out loud, and Harry noticed that someone was trying to listen. Malfoy. Harry didn't like the way Malfoy looked and told the two to hush. Hopefully, Draco didn't hear much. So during their first break, the trio go down to Hagrid's hut. The egg is on the table, clicking and cracking. Then it splits open and the baby dragon flops out. Harry thought it looked a lot like a crumpled black umbrella. And instantly, Hagrid was in love. He even said it it sneezed sparks, like at, after it hatched, it like sneezed sparks out of its little cute little snout. Aww. And Hagrid was all heart-eyed emoji. Hermione asks Hagrid, how fast do they grow? And when Hagrid goes to answer, his face turns white. Someone was peeking in the window. Oh, goodness. Yeah, they all go to the window and they see like unmistakably white blonde hair and they instantly knew that someone was Malfoy. Malfoy. And he was running back to the castle. Dun, dun, dun. I know. When I read this part, I was like, oh, no. What is he going to do? Like, How are you going to get out of this one? I know. Okay. So now, damage control. The trio are now trying to convince Hagrid to give up this dragon. But Hagrid thinks he's too little and he'll die. Hagrid tells them that he named he named the dragon Norbert. Cute little name. And the dragon has already grown three times in length in just a week. Harry raised his voice now. He's like, tired of this. There's no escaping. Malfoy knows. Hagrid is not listening. So he raises his voice and says, give it two weeks and Norbert's going to be as long as your house. Malfoy could go to Dumbledore at any moment. And I was like, I'm surprised that Malfoy didn't instantly go to like Professor Snape or someone. Like as soon as he found out, like he saw the, the dragon. I thought the same thing. I was like, so he at this one, he hadn't told anyone it had been weeks, right? 
Yeah, or it at has least been a week. A week. They say, yeah, yeah, it grew three times in length in just a week. So it was kind of like, and what so, is he thinking? What is he planning? Like, you know? what is he waiting for? Yeah. And Harry suggests Charlie. Maybe Charlie, Ron's brother that works with dragons in Romania, can help. Hagrid doesn't hate the idea and agrees to let them send a letter. A week goes by and Ron walks into the Gryffindor room that was empty besides um, Harry and Ron. Oops. Harry and Hermione who were waiting for Ron. Ron was helping Hagrid feed Norbert, but he accidentally got bit. Mm. Ron is ready for the dragon to go. He's like, this thing is ridiculous. Bad news, yeah. And Hagrid is loony. I really question Hagrid's judgment right here. Yeah. How is it that three eleven year olds I don't know have a more level head than you? And then also, how do you not feel bad that your dragon just bit a child? <laughs> and now you're just kinda letting this child figure out how to get it like cured. Like he's just dealing with a dragon bite, like, oh, deal with it. Yeah. Dra- Hagrid kinda gets- like it's okay. It's fine. Nothing's wrong. Hagrid gets clouded. He gets clouded with, you know, all creatures. You know that meme? I'm sure you guys have seen it when like the house is on fire and like the dog is just in there, like the cartoon dog. And is it a dog? I think it is. And it's just like I'm it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. We're all fine. Yes, that's Hagrid. No, Hagrid, your hut is on fire because you have a pet dragon. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he got bit, and Ron is ready for this dragon to go. So thankfully, Hedwig is back with Charlie's response. Which I didn't mark in my book like I said I would. I say that every week and I never do it. OMG, read page 237. I'm not typing this. My (laughs) hand was getting really tired. And I was like, oh my god, I still have so much to write and say. Okay. Dear Ron, how are you? Thanks for the letter. I'd be glad to take the Norwegian Ridbacks, but it won't be easy getting him here. I think the best thing will be to send him over with some friends of mine who are coming to visit me next week. Trouble is, they mustn't be carrying an illegal dragon. Could you get the Ridgeback up to the tallest tower at midnight on Saturday? They can meet you there and take him away while it's still dark. Send me an answer as soon as possible. Love, Charlie. Yay, Charlie's taking the dragon. So, mission is a go. They have the invisibility cloak, Ron, Harry. They're going to use it to get Norbert to the tallest tower. They're going to get rid of Norbert and then get get Malfoy off their backs. This sounds good, right? Yes. Well, there's a hitch. Ron's stinking hand that got bitten lands him in the hospital wing. It's swollen twice its size and has a nasty shade of green. Luckily, Madame Promphy doesn't ask too many questions. So he's now out of the original plan. When Harry and Hermione visit Ron in the hospital wing, Ron is so upset because Malfoy paid a visit to him earlier, telling Pomfrey that he needed to borrow a book. He was really there just to laugh at Ron and threaten to tell someone what really bit Ron. And Harry and Hermione try to calm Ron down when Ron suddenly remembers Charlie's letter is in the book oh that Malfoy gosh. took. I was so annoyed with Ron at this point. I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> really? why, like why? why would you leave the Such letter? Such an important in a book? letter. Yes. Something Phil would do. <laughs> you have a Gryffindor common room fire to just 
toss it in, you know? No evidence. Me sitting here with a letter in my book right now is a bookmark. Is it an important letter? Yeah, but is it an important letter? I don't don't even know. Let's see. What's what's in Joni's letter? Oh, it's from Esther. (gasps) Oh. There's no date, so I have no clue how old this is. There's no date. Well, maybe at least it doesn't have like top secret information, we would hope. So it's okay. Yeah. So much for getting rid of Malfoy. One good thing going for Harry and the gang is that they have the invisibility cloak. True. Almost done, guys. Almost done. So finally, it's the night Norbert has to escape. When Harry and Hermione arrive at Hagrid's hut, Hagrid had Norby packed and ready in a crate. He had rats and brandy to go, and he even packed him a teddy bear. And at this point, Hagrid is sobbing. But they gots to go. No time. No time for a sad Hagrid. <laughs> so, under, so under the cloak, Hermione and Harry and Norby travel back up to the castle, up the marble staircase, through the dark corridors, and up more staircases. And I honestly don't know how two 11-slash-12-year-old is carrying a baby dragon <laughs> up all this I'm way. I'm assuming the baby dragon's, I- like, almost their size. Yeah. Even if they're not that tall, like, I'm sure he's a pretty hefty yeah. dragon. Honestly, thinking about this now, as an adult, this <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, like, this is the first time I've really thought about this. Why in the world is Hagrid letting them do this? Because Hagrid would not be able special. to do it. Okay, but... Like, he wouldn't sit, he wouldn't let it go I'm skipping himself. ahead a little bit, or should I just wait until after we, we talk about this? Because I actually... Section. Okay, because I, I suddenly have opinions <laughs> about this. Is it about your section or no. is it about? No, it, it's mainly just how, how it, like, this entire situation is going about in my head. Like, <laughs> the adults in this moment have failed these kids, in my opinion. That's true. True. So here's my, what's going want, on in my head. Just, you want the stage? I guess. (laughs) I assume, we already know, if you read through those entire chapters, we know that Dumbledore finds out about this. And I assume that Dumbledore finds out about the dragon probably around when Pomfrey figures it out because she knows what a dragon, like, she has to cure Ron's bite. So I'm assuming she figures out it's a dragon bite, figures out where... Yeah, I wonder sure- why she didn't ask questions. It's weird. Yeah, and I'm sure she probably heard whatever the trio were saying in the the um like any conversations they had in the whatever it's called hospital wing, and so she probably figured that out. I'm sure she told Dumbledore. I'm pretty sure that's how Dumbledore finds out, or he just figures it out because he knows Hagrid. And mm-hmm. yet, all of these adults just let these kids just smuggle this like take this dragon up there by themselves like Dumbledore could have just stepped in and been like I will take the dragon and put it up there so that it can go to the right place I can do that he would definitely save save Hagrid's butt yeah but for the story they need to get detention I know (laughs) but I'm just saying like (laughs) this entire situation where was Dumble at Yeah, where are all the adults? Why are there no adults interfering? There is a dragon on the campus. Maybe he didn't know. (laughs) Okay, 
I'm done. Whew. Fire breathing Joni. <laughs> Come on. Why are why are why is this in the hands of three eleven year old children? <laughs> I understand it's part of the book, but still. Oh my goodness. Okay, where was I? They reached the tallest tower when they hear something. It was Professor McGonagall in a tartan bathrobe and a hairnet who had Malfoy by the ear. Detention. And 20 points from Slytherin. Wandering around in the middle of the night? How dare you? You don't understand, Professor. Harry Potter's coming. He's got a dragon. McGonagall is pissed. She thinks he's lying. He made up this, like, big, elaborate story to get Harry in trouble, I guess. And she's going to tell Snape about this. And they leave. So Harry and Hermione after they exit the scene, had one more steep spiral staircase to go, and then all they had to do was wait for Charlie's friends to arrive. And when the friends arrive, they hand over Norby, and he's going, going, gone. They watch Norbit get smaller and smaller, and it's a huge relief. Malfoy got detention, Norby is gone, what could possibly go wrong? Mm. This is Harry we're talking about, though. Yeah. And it's the fact that they leave the stinking cloak at the top of the tower and Filch finds them at the bottom of the tower in the corridor. Well, 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 we are in trouble. Oh my gosh. He's probably so, (laughs) Filch is like so happy about it at that point. Yeah, Filch is like, this is my night. He lives for these moments. He really does. Wait till I have to read what he says about how it used to be. It's crazy. <laughs> I know. It's barbaric. It is. Barbaric. <laughs> so I guess it's my turn, which is at this point, chapter 15. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Forbidden Forest. So at this point, uh, we know that Filch found them and now they are in Professor McGonagall's office. Office? Sometimes I get an accent and I just, you know, I'm going to go with it. At this point, go with it. they are in Professor McGonagall's office. Hermione kind of just imagine Hermione in this moment. This perfect student who hates getting in trouble answers all the questions. She's literally shocked. She doesn't know what to say. She's, she's quiet. Harry couldn't think of an excuse to give. Nothing would be able to cover this up. Harry didn't think things could get worse. And then Professor McGonagall walks in with Neville. And as soon as Neville sees them, he's like burst out and he's like, I was looking for you guys. I heard Draco talking about it and he said that you had a dragon. And so Harry's like, (laughs) like, or basically he gives him like these eyes, like stop talking. And Professor McGonagall catches that. She asked them to explain. And uh, this was pretty much the first time that Hermione had no answer for a teacher's question. She was literally there standing like a statue. Professor McGonagall says she has an idea of what was going on. They must have fed Draco this story to get him out of bed at night or out in the middle of the night and get him into trouble. They must think it's funny that Neville believed it too. And Mm. poor Neville looks sad because he's kind of like, is this true? Did you guys really try to make me look stupid? It was, it was, sad. So it was horrible. a sad moment. I know. And Harry saw it in his face and Harry was like, oh my gosh, please. You know, he was kind of like, don't believe that, you know. He feels so betrayed. I know. He's like, what? Did you guys really do that? Neville is like 
the character I just want to hug all the time in every scene that he's in. Poor thing. I know. So they all end up getting detention and they lost 50 points for Gryffindor. 50 points each. So they ended up losing 150 points for Gryffindor in one night. Yikes. So at this point, they all go back to their rooms. Harry can't sleep. He's dreading the next day. He could even hear Neville sobbing through the night. Poor thing. Mm. The next morning, students, I think there was, uh, I forget what it said, but there's like a sort of, do you guys know exactly what it is that shows the points? I they have like them like hourglasses. Like hourglass. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. And so obviously it, it was showing that Gryffindor lost 150 points and everyone's like that that can't be true there's no way that overnight you lose 150 points but slowly throughout the day people start hearing the real story it began to spread the famous harry potter and a couple of meddling first years were to blame harry heard students talking about him and they weren't even trying to hide it at this point he felt terrible and he even offered to quit the quidditch team but Wood said, what good would that do? He was basically ignored for most parts during the practice. Uh, Hermione and Neville didn't have it as bad since they weren't known as well as Harry Potter was. But no one really talked to them. Hermione tried to keep her head down as much as possible and work in silence. Harry spent most of his time studying and promised himself he would stop meddling in things that had nothing to do with him. But of course, this was put to the test. One day, as he was walking back from the library, he heard someone whimpering. As he got closer, it, he figured out that it was Professor Quirrell's voice. No, 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 not again, please. It sounded as though someone was threatening him. All right, all right. It's like he agreed. And he heard Quirrell sob. And then he saw him run out of the room without even noticing anything around him. He didn't even know it was Harry. And so Harry goes into this room to check it out, but it was empty. A door stood ajar at the other end and he was convinced that the other person in there that Quirrell was talking to was Snape. He would have gambled 12 sorcerer's stone on that. Harry went to the library immediately and told Ron and Hermione all about it. Hermione told Harry just go to Dumbledore and Harry basically said we don't have enough proof besides how would they explain knowing about Fluffy and the sorcerer's stone mm -hmm. anyways. Ron suggested they do some more poking around and Harry quickly shut that down. He was like, no more. Let's keep studying. No so more meddling. No more meddling kids. So the next morning, Harry, Hermione, and Neville all received notes from Professor McGonagall. Your detention will take place at 11 o'clock tonight. Meet Mr. Filch in the entrance hall. Professor M. McGonagall. At this point, with everything going on, Harry had completely forgotten they had detention and he expected Hermione to complain about it, but she said nothing. Basically, they kind of both agreed that they deserved this punishment that they got. Mm -hmm. And so at 11 o'clock, they said goodnight to Ron and went with Neville to the entrance hall. Filch was already there, and so was Malfoy. At that point, Harry's like, oh yeah, Malfoy got detention too. <laughs> follow me. So they follow Filch. Um, okay. So this is what Filch says, which which shocks me. <laughs> I bet you'll think twice about breaking a school rule again, won't you? He said, leering at them. Oh, yes. Hard work and pain are the best teachers, if you ask me. It's just a pity they let the old punishments die out. 
hang you by your wrist from the ceiling for a few days. I've got the chain still in my office. Keep them well oiled in case they're ever needed. Right, off we go. Don't think of running off now. It'll be worse for you if you do. This First of all, what? how old is Filch? Like, this I don't sounds know. like ancient ways. So actually, I wanted to talk about this, and I don't know if this is like the right time to talk about it, but the whole dragon scenario was not in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So... Oh, yeah. What did... What was... I don't part? remember what... Even though I, What got them detention in the movie? I know so we shouldn't talk about the, this. The dragon scenario was in the movie in the, in the yeah. sense that you watched it get hatched. And so then that initial night where Draco sees them in the oh, hut... Oh, okay. It just skips. Yeah. So then it just like completely omits the rest of the dragon storyline. Like, I don't think they even address what happens. I think it's like maybe in past no. talking, they say like, oh, it was sent to Romania. Oh, okay. yeah. I think they just talk about it. Okay. So the reason that made me think of that is because the person that plays Filch is really old. Actually, he's in Game of Thrones as well. He's plays. <laughs> he I don't is. know if you guys remember that. <laughs> a fun yes. fact. Um, but yeah, he is a lot older. But this is crazy. Like, in this guy is cr- this guy is crazy. Filch is crazy. He literally says that he has these well oiled <laughs> in the event that they're needed again, and it's like he wants it to happen. Yeah, it's like he's a little senile and is like convinced that one day, one day they'll come back. Yeah, hoping. Uh, so at this point, Neville's freaking out and he's basically sniffing, sniffing around, wondering what their punishment was going to be. And Harry sort of thought to himself, it must be something bad, seeing as how delighted Filch was. And then we hear a voice. Is that you, Filch? Hurry up. I want to get started. It was Hagrid. So imagine Harry's relief. He sees his, he sees his mm-hmm. good old pal Hagrid and he kind of uh, thinks to himself, oh, if Hagrid's here, it's not going to be too bad. But uh, Filch must have noticed how relieved Harry sounded because he says, I suppose you think you'll be enjoying yourself with that oaf. Well, think again, boy. It's into the forest you're going and I'm and I'm much mistaken if you'll all come out in one piece. They're students. Yeah. He's like freaking them out. So Neville at this point let out a little moan. Poor thing. <laughs> again, I just want to give him a hug. The forest was said to have werewolves at night. And Filch is like, should have thought of that of those werewolves when you got yourself in trouble. And he basically handed them off to Hagrid and said he'd be back at dawn for what's left of them. Malfoy basically says to Hagrid, I'm not going into that forest. That's basically servant stuff. He assumed he'd be doing things like copying lines or something. And Hagrid's like, yeah, right, dude, you're at Hogwarts. You really think your punishment was to be copying lines. Okay, so at this point, Hagrid leads them to the very edge of the forest. Holding his lamp up high, he pointed down a narrow winding earth track that disappeared into the thick black trees. A light breeze lifted their hair as they looked into the forest. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And there they are. Okay, get my notes settled. Wow, mine was a lot shorter than yours, Laura. (laughs) Yeah, Joni was like, it wasn't splitting up a good portion and so i was just like well just give me a chapter and you just split evenly like with priscilla on the next chapter yeah no it was i mean and it's then, fine i just realized oh my and- gosh felt bad <laughs> no it's fine and then i was like oh my god yeah and by the way in the movie ron and neville yeah, are switched at- right i don't think neville's in it neville's not in it at all 
Yeah, because no, it's the three another, in Malfoy. Yeah, it's yeah. Ron, Hermione, and Harry. So Ron doesn't even get bit in the no. movie. Yeah. yeah, Ron doesn't get bit, so he's able to go. And Neville, you don't get to see a lot of Neville in the movie. Yeah. Okie dokie. Look there, Hagrid pointed out. Shining spots going through, going into the forest. Hagrid explains that it is actually unicorn blood, and one had gotten hurt, and their job tonight was to follow the blood and find the hurt unicorn. Hagrid decides to go ahead and split them into two groups, Malfoy, Neville, and Fang in one, Harry, Hermione, and Hagrid in the other. That's a very Why? favored group. It really is. Exactly. That's horrible. Also, how the heck do you trust two 11-year-olds in the forest by themselves with your dog? With the dog, yeah. That you even say is a coward. Hagrid. Being mm. Hagrid. Your judgment in these books, Hagrid. Or these <laughs> chapters, Hagrid. I question. Also, Dumbledore. How are you okay with this? Um, also, why why is detention at midnight? Yeah. I know. Like, they go they're midnight until dawn. So, like, what? Like, five yeah. hours? Like, oh, you guys That's aren't allowed rough. to sleep tonight. I know. Are they expected to go to class the next day? It's terrible. So many questions. Yeah, what day? I don't know. What don't day is it? Say it? It's the weekend. It Do better be a Friday or a Saturday. <laughs> uh, they, Hagrid tells them uh, to send green sparks if they find the unicorn. So the groups make their way through the forest and separate. When Harry, he's a little paranoid, um, he asks if the culprit of the injured unicorn was a werewolf. Hagrid explains that it was not, that unicorns are extremely fast and and do not typically get hurt. Hagrid himself has never seen it before. And in all caps, I say, why in the world would you let children deal with this? You have never heard of a unicorn getting hurt before, but 11-year-olds can definitely handle it. 11-year-olds will figure it out. And then Hagrid suddenly yells at Harry and Hermione to hide behind a tree. He arms his crossbow, and they hear the slithering of a cloak across the leaves. I knew it. There is something in here that shouldn't be. Yes, Hagrid, children. (laughs) Children should not be in here. A werewolf? They're really obsessed with werewolves. Yeah, they, they, they are. Forest. So werewolves have been brought up three times. <laughs> Harry, Harry asks. Hagrid assures him it definitely wasn't a werewolf. What werewolf wears a cloak? Come on, Harry. They hear another sound, and then they are met with a centaur, which is a half man and half horse. The centaur's name was Ronan, and Hagrid goes ahead and asks him about the unicorn. And Ronan replies, Mars is bright tonight. Hagrid decides to try again. And Ronan replies, the innocent are always the first victims. Hagrid then just decides to be general and ask if he's seen anything weird. And Ronan replies, the forest holds many secrets. Ronan is annoying here. <laughs> like, bro, just answer the question. And then another centaur appears. His name is Bane. And Hagrid decides to shoot his shot and ask again. (laughs) And Bane replies, Mars is bright tonight. Oh, my God. Exasperated, Hagrid just bids the centaurs adieu and sighs about how you could never get a straight answer out of a centaur. Adieu. It reminds me of Sound of Music. Yeah. They continue their way through the forest and Hermione alerts the group of red sparks coming from from the other group. They're in trouble. Hagrid instructs Harry and Hermione to stay put while he goes to find them. 
and the two are on high alert. They notice every little noise coming from the forest, but nothing really comes of it. But they both agree that they don't care if Malfoy is hurt, but they would feel particularly bad for Neville since, you know, it's their fault that he is in this situation. Yeah, your fault, Harry. Seriously? (laughs) And then an angry Hagrid returns with the others. Malfoy had purposely scared Neville by grabbing him, and they made so much noise that Hagrid says that it's going to make it significantly harder for them to find anything tonight. Hagrid decides that he will need to swap Neville and Harry, since Malfoy wouldn't be able to scare him like he can scare Neville. So, they continue through the forest. Harry and Malfoy make their way through for about 30 minutes when they start to notice that the blood that they are following is getting thicker and more noticeable. So they follow it further until they make it to a clearing where they find the unicorn lying on the ground dead. I'd be scared. I know. This is like a scary movie. Seriously. Why are you doing this to 11-year-olds? I'm 27 and I don't want to do this. (laughs) Same. (laughs) So as they get closer, they start to hear the slithering of the cloak again. And then they see a cloaked figure walking towards the unicorn. It kneels down and begins to drink its blood. Ah! Yells Malfoy. Your yell is better than Jim Dale's. Is it? He goes, yeah, he he just went, ah! (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) Okay, yeah, Malfoy yells. And then him and Fang just bolt into the forest towards the other group, I'm assuming. And the figure then turns its attention to Harry. It slowly walks towards him, and Harry is completely frozen in fear. And suddenly, his scar begins to hurt more than it had ever hurt ever in his life. I don't know what I just said. Ever. Ever Ever in his life. It felt as though it was on fire. He was able to hear hooves coming from behind him, and a centaur leapt over Harry, who was at this point now on his knees in pain, and the centaur charged at the figure, scaring it away. Harry didn't recognize this centaur, but the the centaur recognized Harry as the Potter Boy. The centaur introduced himself as Ferenz? Ferenze? Ferenz. Ferenz? Mm-hmm. I've never known how to pronounce his name. Ferenz. Ferenz warns Harry that the forest is not safe, especially for him. Ferenz offers to take Harry to Hagrid so that he can get to safety faster, and Harry was just getting on Ferenz's back when Ronan and Bane joined them in the clearing. Ferenz, Bane thundered, what are you doing? You have a human on your back. Have you no shame? Are you a common mule? Do you realize who this is, said Ferenz? This is the Potter Boy. The quicker he leaves the forest, the better. What have you been telling him, growled Bane. Remember, Ferenz, we are sworn not to set ourselves against the heavens. Have you not read what is to come in the movements of the planets? Ronan pawed pawed the ground nervously. I'm sure Ferenz thought he was acting for the best, he said in his gloomy voice. Bane kicked his legs back in anger. For the best? What is that to do with us? Centaurs are concerned with with what has been foretold. It is not our business to run around like donkeys after stray humans in our forest. Friends suddenly reared his hind legs in anger so that Harry had to grab his shoulders to stay on. Do you not see that unicorn, friends bellowed at Bane? Do you not understand why it was killed? 
or have the planets not let you in on the secret. I set myself against what is lurking in this forest, Bane. Yes, with humans alongside me if I must. And friends whisked around with Harry, clutched on his back, clutching on as best he could, and they plunged into the trees, leaving Ronan and Bane behind them. Wow. A very intense moment. That was very intense. And then, once out of earshot of Ronan and Bane, Harry asked why Bane had been so angry. And Friends answers, in a very centaur way, by explaining to him that it is monstrous, that it is a monstrous thing to slay a unicorn. Only someone that has had, that has nothing to lose and everything to gain will use its blood. Unicorn blood will save any, anyone an inch from death, but at the price of a cursed life, a half-life. Harry asks, who would be that desperate? Wouldn't living a cursed life be worse than death? Unless you need it to keep you alive to drink something else. Something that will bring you to full strength and power, answered friends. Do you not know what is hidden in Hogwarts at the very moment? At this oh. very moment. The Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone, Harry <laughs> answers. I like how you always have to say both. <laughs> we gotta represent both sides. True, true. But I don't understand who. Can you not think of anybody who has been waiting for a chance to come back to power? Asked friends, cutting Harry off. Things clicked with Harry. He thought of his co of his conversation with Hagrid about how he believed that Voldemort was still out there. Do you mean that that was Vol? Harry gets cut off by Hermione yelling his name. Hagrid and the others were following behind her. Harry tells Hagrid that he found the dead unicorn and where he found the unicorn, and friends leaves Harry saying, Good luck, Harry Potter. The planets have been read wrong before, even by centaurs. I hope this is one of those times. Back in the common room, Ron had fallen asleep waiting for Harry and Hermione. Harry prop I know, cute. <laughs> but Harry promptly wakes Ron up and proceeds to tell Ron and Hermione everything that happened in the forest. Snape wants the stone for Voldemort, and Voldemort is waiting in the forest, and we thought Snape just wanted to get rich. Stop saying his name, said Ron. Not so girly, but yeah. <laughs> it did sound girly. <laughs> yeah, you did say it. I didn't mean it like that, but it happened. Friends saved Harry, but Bane wasn't happy about it because it was written in the stars that he was supposed to die that night. Snape just needs the stone, and once Voldemort is back, he will finish Harry off. And throughout this entire part, Ron is still complaining and whining that Harry is using Voldemort's name. Hermione provides some comforting words, though, by explaining that Dumbledore is the only person Voldemort is scared of, so Harry should be safe as long as Dumbledore is at school. She also assures that reading the stars is mainly fortune-telling, and McGonagall says it's not accurate. The trio go to bed, head-spinning... <laughs> With all the new information, when Harry goes to bed, he finds his invisibility cloak with a note that says, just in case. Hmm, I wonder who that was from. I wonder. Okay, what two chapters those are. Yeah, that's a lot. I know. Do you have questions? Uh, yes. Let me see. What were you doing? <laughs> I was looking for this book. Oh, fantastic beast. And where to find them? Because I couldn't remember if centaurs were considered beast. Newt says the definition of a beast because it was like 
controversial of what is considered a beast and what is considered not. A troll, it looks like a human, but it's very, like, not very smart. So were trolls part of creatures? Stuff like that. So I knew there was, like, questions on what was, so I didn't know if centaurs were considered a beast, and they are. They are? Why would they not be considered a creature? Or because a creature a beast how i don't know they're in the book though they have the <laughs> minds of a human yes so the definition of a beast okay so we asked ourselves which of these creatures are a being that is to say a creature worthy of legal rights and a voice in the governance of magical world and which is a beast yeah that's what i meant i meant being yeah that's horse poop they should be a being. So the centaur's habits are not human-like. They live in the wild, refuse clothing, prefer to live apart from the wizards and muggles alike, and yet have the intelligence equal to theirs. So I guess the how they live put them in that category because they don't I want to think they're being. Yeah, they kind of like the goblins. They don't really trust. It doesn't seem they don't trust the wizards. Well, no wonder they on, don't consider them equal. I think that was, if you read the book, um, there is that kind of controversy where they're like super offended that they're not. Yeah. But my first question, so maybe this is like something we already know, but do we know why Quirrell was like whimpering when Harry like heard something in another room and he went in and he he heard that Quirrell was whimpering and he was just like, okay, okay, okay. And he swore that like Snape was in the room. Do we mm-hmm. know what was actually going on? I don't remember the exact circumstance. But I'm, I'm assuming sure. some, yeah, something with Voldemort like talking to Quirrell and like threatening him, I would say. But I don't yeah. think we know. I don't know. Do you I don't think it ever really says it out. But so that happens and then they go into the Forbidden Forest. So what I'm assuming is happening is because Voldemort explains like later, he was just like, I needed to convince him that I needed him to drink or to kill the unicorn so i could drink the blood and so he's like trying to convince him like hey i need to do this this is gonna sustain me and quarrel knows that this will give him a cursed life and so he's just like i don't really want to do this it's mentioned uh, in my part it mentioned that he found a that there was a hurt one like a couple weeks before yeah but there there's this is like weeks oh was it okay I, in my head, it was the same day as, like, the date of the um, detention. So, I think. No, I think you're I think you're right. I think I just got it mixed up in my head for a minute. Because this was, like, at the beginning of your chapter, right? When they're just talking about... It was like, the beginning of your chapter. With the... Oh. So then that would have been the night before. It would have been, like, the night before. The detention. So I don't think it would have been him trying to convince him because I think he already did. Maybe. But I still don't think Quirrell was happy about having to drink the, and kill a unicorn. Because he yeah. he is he knew about their, you know, the whole cursed life, half-life thing. That was the only question I had. While Priscilla was reading her section, I had a comment on, I guess it's kind of a question, but could you imagine like the older kids when they woke up and they realized that dumb first years were the reason why their house lost 150 points. Yeah, I would be pissed. <laughs> I I'd would like, like if I yeah, I would be like like in school Ooh. like those dang freshmen, right? Coming in here and ruining everything. Although I guess they weren't really like I think it was mostly 
the um the feeling of Slytherin was going to win again. Yeah. They were winning. all hoping yeah. that Slytherin would not take it and Gryffindor finally looked like they were gonna take it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So even the other two houses were like really excited. I always loved reading when like fans would write about like perspectives of anybody else who wasn't who was like at hogwarts with harry potter but like was not part of the initial group was like in a different house or something and how like everyone's just like they would be so annoyed yeah of all the antics that go on throughout (laughs) all the years that harry's there they're just sitting there just like can i just have a normal year of school do you really have to like cause all of this crap (laughs) yeah this is i'm sure the first of many i'm assuming yeah (laughs) yeah there's seven books worth of this yeah (laughs) that was all mine imagine going home like on summer break and being like yeah i don't want to go back next year this is kid (laughs) harry potter and his friends like they're just always causing this crazy things to happen and i just don't want to go back yeah i feel like like that would be me annoying (laughs) you're making my school harder yeah like i liked one seriously i remember reading one where someone sarcastically is just like there's something happening i don't even think it was part of the book but it was just like a little like excerpt somebody wrote just because they thought of it the person's just like don't worry potter will save us (laughs) (laughs) he always does and i'm just like oh my gosh that would be me (laughs) yeah that would be Joni. (laughs) anyway i put on or at least i thought of i just want people's thoughts on the punishment system at hogwarts because you guys heard what I thought, and I think this is pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I think that even, I mean, it shows there that even Malfoy was kind of like, I thought that our punishment was going to be copying lines pretty much, because that's yeah. what a normal punishment in detention would be. But right? like Hagrid said, in Hogwarts, you are far from normal. But I guess since you're asking that question, Obviously, I don't. I think that it's terrible. But if you think back to like what Filch said that they used to do compared to what they do now, what do you think would be worse? Yeah, I was actually when you were reading that section, I thought about that because I was just like, you know what this this moment of Filch just saying like what like the chains and stuff. I'm like, there. She's literally making it to where it makes in your brain you think when you're reading it like oh this is okay because they could be hanging from a chain beam (laughs) right right wow yeah exactly i I didn't think about it like that but honestly they could have been killed yeah yeah number one don't make a detention where in the very first day of school you tell them not to go to this place right yeah you know it's the forbidden forest and then you give them detention in it. It's with an adult that is very well, like he has a lot of knowledge of the Forbidden Forest, Hagrid. But still, yeah, but like, he doesn't what even stay with all of them. Do? I know he like, sends them off. I I didn't put this in my section because I was there's a lot. Hagrid says like I think to probably Malfoy, he's just like nothing's gonna hurt you if they know you're connected to um me and Fang. I but. I have. Did doubts. he really say that? Yeah, he says that, and like that—that that doesn't seem, that doesn't seem true, especially in this moment <laughs> where literally Harry could know. have died. Yeah, 
Like and uh, and like Hagrid knew that there's something in this forest that he doesn't know, and yet he doesn't think I should probably get these kids out because I don't like I don't know what's here. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not what I know of this forest. Harry probably would have died if it wasn't for friends. For friends it does sound like we're saying friends yeah, yeah i thought you said friends i thought you meant like harry and ron and hermione <laughs> or maybe you were talking about rachel joey and chandler i don't know i thought of that too <laughs> but my head went straight to there honestly yeah when that's i heard it i would um i would want chandler in my group <laughs> just I to make would... me laugh even though he probably wouldn't help much no. yeah but i would not want ross in my group no okay, no ross, ross would just make everything worse i would say maybe monica monica, monica. Yeah. monica like i yeah. feel like she could kill somebody if you like really <laughs> put I her agree. up to it phoebe as well oh yeah phoebe too oh, like, yo, phoebe could do phoebe's some fearless yeah phoebe could do some damage i mean she freaking like she grew up in the streets okay right. she grew up in the streets <laughs> she could definitely like, she would just take the cloak off and be like, who are you? <laughs> exactly. Oh Give my me God, your I money. I totally see her too. <laughs> Give me your money, you little. <laughs> and Rachel would leave you. She would do exactly yeah. what Malfoy did. She'd oh, been yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not even stepping in this. Like, yeah. Bye. Force. I'll be expelled. <laughs> oh, I don't know what Joey would do, to be honest. I don't know. He'd be like... Are there any female centaurs? <laughs> That's so true. But are they? I don't think they are. Do you got a friend? I don't know. You got a friend? Oh, I just, sorry, side note. I just, that reminds me, I just watched the episode where Phoebe is talking about, or uh, Rachel's moving out because Ross or Chandler and Monica are moving in together. Yeah. And yeah. she's trying to figure out where she's going to live. Rachel's like, oh, can I just move in with you? And Phoebe's like, no, well, what about? I forgot her name, her her roommate. Yeah. And they're like, who? And they're like, <laughs> she's like, let's just call her, I don't know, Teresa for right now. And she's like, yes. Teresa, my roommate. And they're like, who? You guys don't know who she is? And then Joey's like, how do I not know that you have a female roommate? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> how have I yeah. not met her? <laughs> oh, That was funny. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so Joey. He's like, why have I not met this female in your life? For real. Anyway, sorry, got sidetracked with friends there. <laughs> it's all good. The other question I had is, do you believe in, like, the stargazing and fortune-telling kind of thing? Like, like Zodiac. Like, in, like, real life or, like, the wizarding world? How about this? If you were in the wizarding world, would you be more on the side of McGonagall and Hermione of, like, that's just, that's not reliable? I think so. I'd probably think the same not that I would completely yeah. like axe the what would you call it? Not art, but so no, like the study of it. It's uh, not that yeah. I wouldn't think it's worthy to learn about, but would I use it in the daily? Probably not. I think I would trust the centaurs and like for what they're saying. If they actually like tell you something somewhat straightforward, as like more like what friends did. I feel like I yeah. would trust what he's saying a little bit more, but like I mean, with like Ronan and Bane, you can tell they're really guarded against humans. Unlike Ferenc, yeah. to her, I I don't know how much I would trust them because I don't think they would trust me enough to tell me anything. That's true. I just thought it was That's interesting. I like the thought. I just liked how Hermione just like McGonagall says it's not accurate. 
Yeah. It's very Hermione's much very... the mindset of Hermione and McGonagall. They're very yeah. logical. Yeah. Want to see it in front of you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a lot like that too, though, so I'd probably agree with that. I like to be open to it. Be like, that seems kind of interesting. I want to learn more. Yeah. We'll learn in future books of other ways of doing it. So if you're comparing that with the centaurs, I definitely would take the centaurs view on it yeah. than in other ways. One special note that I got, it's a little less about Harry Potter and more about, because we, we talked about how J.K. Rowling likes to pull from like Greek mythology. And this was something I actually originally listened on Swish and Flick's episode of this chapter. The whole Mars is bright. They say it like three times in the chapter. And I was just, as I was re-listening to it, I was like, does this mean anything? Like, is this... Like something pulled from like actual Greek mythology and like how they view Mars. And on Swish and Flick's episode, they did mention that Mars is a Roman god of war. So what they were doing was pulling how the centaurs are kind of foretelling and foreshadowing that we learn at the end of the book, Voldemort is like trying to come back. And so it's kind of like the same thing where like the war is starting back up. The centaurs see that. And so them referring to Mars as bright and Mars being the god of war. Mm-hmm. I see that. That was like some kind of metaphor foreshadowing for like future. It's kind remember, of the message they were sending. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and be aware. I remember hearing that from that episode. And when I was re-listening to it this time, I was like, they say it three times. Maybe I should look this up. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, I Mm. think... She put a little, like, uh, tidbit of them in there. What I noticed with the centaurs is a lot of what they say is true, but they don't understand the timing. They don't... They know that something's happening. They know... They can foretell that something is going to happen, but they have no idea when it's going to happen. They just know this is impending. Yeah. Yeah. Which I find interesting. So the characters we meet, I put Norbert and the centaurs. So we meet not really like wizards, but we meet beasts, actually, since I have this up here. So dragons are classified in in this book, the Fantastic Beasts. They classify how dangerous the beast is. And obviously the dragon is five X's, which is like, I think, the most dangerous. Probably the most famous of all magical beasts, dragons are among the most difficult to hide. The female is generally larger and more aggressive than the male, though neither should be approached by any but highly skilled and trained wizards. Dragon hide, blood, heart, liver, and horn have all highly magical properties, but dragon and eggs are defined as Class A non-tradable goods. Hagrid. And then centaurs. Okay, centaurs are classified 4X, and it's because they're giving the 4X classification not because it is unduly aggressive, but because it is it should be treated with great respect. The same applies to merpeople and unicorns. So it's not that they're super dangerous, but I guess they just need to be respected. I wish I could see a unicorn. (laughs) I know. So that's who we meet meet three of the centaurs though oh yeah ronan bane and friends 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 so one thing i didn't explain was bane was the oldest and ronan was a little bit younger than bane 
and Ferenz was the youngest. And I actually find that kind of interesting because when you think about the interaction that Harry had with all three of them, Bane is very much the most set in his ways to where he like he gets mad at Ferenz because Ferenz carries Harry on his back and he like scolds mm-hmm. him on it. Ronan butts in saying like, well, I think he had, he's like, he's less set. He's like, I think he had good intentions. And Friends is like, listen here. This is more important than my pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I like that interaction. It's almost like a generational thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, yeah, that's, I like that. I didn't notice that. Well, I didn't know that they were oldest, middle, and youngest. Yeah, it actually said that. Yeah, it shows, it's, a, a it's something about like, yeah, it's like, oh, he looked older or the younger yeah. one or something like that in the text that Mm. so it kind of insinuated that's cool who's the most valuable wizard oh well definitely not hagrid um hagrid if you if you ask tony (laughs) (laughs) let's see wow we went through a lot we did this was a big one yeah i don't know i feel like maybe I don't, this doesn't really make him valuable, but Ron did get bit by a dragon. Poor guy. And he was just trying to help. Yeah, but also Neville, I feel like because he got stuck in, I would, I would have to, it was between Neville and Ron for me, just because Ron got bit, but Neville also tried to warn them, and all mm-hmm. while doing that, he got in trouble as well. So I feel like just because of that, to me, that that's who I would say. I like it. I think I... Uh, I'll give it to Neville. Yeah, he didn't do a whole lot, but he, he was trying to do the right thing. He did. Yeah, he, he had did. their back. He was trying to do the right thing. And he still, I feel like he still could have like, could he have gotten them in trouble? Like he could have still said something like if he was really that kind of person. Yeah. Neville. Just Neville being upset a- that, that that happened. Yeah. And he doesn't really hold too much of a grudge against them. Like this could have been a turning point where Neville just like refused yeah, these to aren't ever my friends. interact with them again. Yeah, Ferenc isn't a wizard, but I vote him. He saved True. Harry. He and saved he Harry. Went against, Harry yeah. He went against his like culture to do what is right against like Bane and Ronan, and was scolded and was brave enough to be like, no, like I'm not okay with just letting him die here. So I liked that. Yeah, true. I think centaur should be beans. I find that to be really <laughs> just not right. Do you think yeah. that it would have been different if it wasn't Harry Potter? I don't think so. Because he specified, this is Harry Potter. Of course I'm going to take him on my back. Yeah, but I think this has a lot to do with the fact that, because as Harry explained, as he, it connected in him, that he was, like, it was written in the stars that he was supposed to st- was supposed to die in the forest that night and i think if it was written i think if it was anybody else it's specific to harry because he was supposed to die so friends was going against the stars and saving him because he knew that if he did die that would probably trigger something a lot worse so but do you think friends would save like malfoy and put malfoy on his back i just don't know if he would have been in a situation that he would have died yeah in his head and in, in like in the perspective of friends he knows that harry's supposed to die and he yeah. decides to intervene on that but i don't know if he would i don't know if he would see in the stars if somebody else was gonna die in there yeah but maybe okay. yeah most well, magical I guess this moment brings us 
Oh, to the most magical moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, the most magical moment. Ooh. I don't feel like there was a whole lot. Yeah. I feel like for me, sad. I'd be like the most magical moment would be like when the freaking dragon left. I'd be like, good riddance. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Like even the though it was two seconds. Yeah. And then they got yeah. detention. Pretty much. Yeah. These yeah. two chapters were just like a lot of heavy dread. Yeah. There wasn't a lot to look forward to, unfortunately. Yeah. Poor, poor kids. Yeah. Poor children. Most. Okay. I'll give this. They got to watch a dragon hatch, which yeah. probably not a lot of. Oh yeah, that's true. To do. Yeah, that's pretty so, magical. We'll, we'll give that that's little true. moment. Applaud Hagrid for that. The little magical moment <laughs> that he gave them. That's true. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I still like Hagrid. I love Hagrid. But these two chapters, I would scold him. I don't know him. what he was thinking. Yeah. He was probably very upset about. Having to lose his dragon. He's like, I'm going to figure out what's killing the unicorns. Put his mind somewhere else. So we have two more chapters left, right? Yes. Yes. And we're not splitting them. Like we're we're doing an episode each, right? Yeah. There's a lot that happens in the next one. But trying to put those two chapters into one episode, I feel like you would would be be missing a lot of details. Yeah. Because basically it's this is the big the big point where all the information just kind of comes together. So we got to get those details. And this is where we're Priscilla at where was like, Priscilla oh my was. Gosh. <laughs> and yeah. we're at where Priscilla, well we just ended where Priscilla was in the first episode. Oh yeah. The first episode this is exact the exact part I was in. Well, the part where um the cloaked person looked at uh, Harry. Harry and we freaking had to land. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Can't freaking keep <laughs> oh reading. my gosh. It was like what the worst. Yeah, it really was like created by me because I couldn't like keep reading. So I'm like, yeah, oh God. it was terrible. Because I remember telling you guys about it and you guys were like, oh, wow, I would keep reading. I wouldn't have stopped there. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> but yeah. Cool. So this uh, brings us to the end of this episode. Yep. Yay. It was a Yay. long one, but I hope it was Thanks enjoyable. For... Yeah. I'm sorry yeah, there I had us. a soapbox. <laughs> oh, <Okay>. it's okay. <laughs> They'll probably come you on. spoke like a true mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mom, mom brain's on. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure a lot of moms will agree with you. I mean, I agree with you, but I'm sure there's like this, like, you know, if that was my child. Sort yeah, of yeah. Like, I would be in I trouble. Would... Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> But if you guys want to keep chatting with us outside of the podcast, as you know, as you may not know, we do have an Instagram and Facebook at Unveiling the Magic. And guys, I finally followed our Twitter yesterday. Yay! (laughs) I got the notification. I was like, who is this? (laughs) Uh, So we do have a Twitter at Unveiling Magic. And we would really like and we'd really love to grow our social media and hang out with you guys there. So please, if you have Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, follow us once again, Instagram and Facebook at Unveiling the Magic and Twitter is at Unveiling Magic. Yeah. So until next time. Mischief Manage. Bye. 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 I got blue. You're probably just going to see see microphone when I'm talking. Okay. Mm-hmm.
Okay, Kurt, quiet. Okay. And clap. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry. I'm all flustered. You said they. Okay, they. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, they. And then like I. five times. My, fo- <laughs> my phone is falling. I hit my mic. It's just. 